0: Bobby and I are super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. I love the look and comfort of my new Oakley glasses. The lenses are like nothing I've ever experienced with their prism lens technology. These lenses protect my sun sensitive blue eyes, but somehow also make colors even more vibrant and details even more clear. And let me tell you, Oakleys, they are popular in my household as both my sons argue over who gets to borrow my glasses. They both play outdoor sports and they know Oakley is the best for training. Plus, I think they want to look a little bit like Lamar Jackson, who is also sponsored by Oakley. Now, my personal favorite pair is from the HSTN collection. I've literally been wearing mine every day since I got them. So let me tell you what you should do. Head on over to oakley.com right now and get yourself a pair of glasses that will change your look for the better. But don't just trust me, try them for yourself. Go to oakley.com for more information today.
1: Welcome back into the vault. I'm Bobby Trossett, joined by my co-host, Sarah Ellison. As always, again, this is a dark week traditionally. We've been mentioning this a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. It's July 4th. Happy 4th to to you and yours. And we're literally weeks away from the start of training camp. So we're committed to year round content. This is not a, a traditional morning vault format. As promised, we wanted to bring in uh, our next special guest. It's Ravens long snapper, Nick Moore. And Sarah, we were both doing our research on on Nick. And, you know, obviously he's been in Baltimore for the last couple of years. But shoot, you put together your, your, your questions and everything. And uh, this guy's an interesting dude. We got a lot to get to with him.
0: Nick Moore is like this rabbit hole. I talk about YouTube or Twitter being a rabbit hole. I'm like, I need to know our long snapper better because I just need to know this fascinating life story.
1: Yeah. Well, in order to do that, let's bring him in. Let's go right to, you know, right to the source Ravens long snapper. Nick Moore joins us inside the vault. Thanks for carving out some time. I know this is sort of the the time of year where you guys get R and R and vacation. So it's, it's appreciated. Is this your office that you're joining us from right now?
2: (laughs) Hey guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is not my office. I am, uh, at the facility here i'm in our equipment manager's office um uh he's on vacation so i'm borrowing it for now
0: i was gonna say that room looks too familiar to me like a raven's office right there with the phones the computers all of it
2: (laughs) yeah uh kimiko hines i'm I'm borrowing his office Uh, he's not in today so i uh, figured i'd slip in here and, and do the interview in here I love it. Well, we, we
1: appreciate it. And, you know, like I said, we're just, you know, a few weeks from the start of camp. So we're looking forward to getting your perspective on, on this season. We know you re-signed in March. We're going to get to all that more. But, you know, right off the top, dude, I mean, your, your story to get to the Ravens is a podcast in itself, right? I mean, from going undrafted out of Georgia to signing with the Saints to doing a brief stint with the XFL before it folded during the pandemic year. I mean, there's so much to get to. The fact that you were recruited to georgia as a linebacker and you played a little bit of fullback i mean catch us up to speed on on your football journey pre-baltimore uh
2: yeah so I, i've definitely done a lot of things um i signed to georgia or i walked on to georgia uh summer of 2015 as a linebacker um roquan and i actually went got to school together same year um, i quickly uh quickly realized I wasn't Roquan Smith. So I moved to fullback um, and basically did, you know, special teams and scout team for the first two seasons. And then my third year, I kind of played a little bit at long snapper, but again, only like four games. Um, And then in 2018 was my senior year. I played the whole season at long snapper um, full time. So that's where I kind of really you know, got got pretty good at, at the long snapping gig and then uh, was fortunate. I did the Reese Senior Bowl uh, in 2019. And then I signed as undrafted free agent to the Saints. Uh, was there through the first two preseason games in 2019. Um, got cut right after that. And then I basically tried – I had a couple workouts and stuff for like a month, you know, going into the first couple of weeks of the regular season in 2019. And then uh, started working as a financial accountant at this company in Atlanta, and then um, signed to the XFL in December of 2019. Played played through that till COVID happened in 2020. In March, uh, shut down the league, basically shut down the world. So they were on the uh, the league kind of canceled itself, and then signed to Baltimore in 20 March of 2020 been here ever since
0: i've got so many questions just based off of that okay (laughs) let's let's start with this how do you go from okay i can kind of see like a patrick ricard linebacker going to you know defense going to fullback you got this big body you can do that how does the conversation begin where somebody or you says let's transition from fullback to long snapper how does how does that go down
2: um so my dad was a high school coach he kind of taught me how to do long snapping when i was growing up so i've kind of done it in high school and then my older brother did it back in high school so i kind of had a little bit of a background and a little bit of uh, familiarity with it um but being a walk-on at georgia i'm just looking to get on field you know any way i can so in 2015 when coach rick was still at georgia he just kind of was like hey can anybody long snap, you know, at the end of practice one day? And then I just was kind of like, yeah, I can do a little bit of it. So I snapped a little bit like in fall camp my freshman year. And then we had the regime change at the end of the 2015 season with Kirby Smart coming in. Um, and similar thing, he he kind of knew I was a long snapper because uh, some of the coaches were already on staff. And he was like, me and this other kid, we both played fullback. We were kind of the – you know, last resort long snapper, if you will, if the regular guy goes down and then just working on it, you know, basically for on and off for four years in college, three years in college, I got decently good at it. Um, And then my senior year, Coach Smart, the guy in front of me, had graduated and and Coach Smart was kind of like, hey, do you want to do fullback um, or do you want to play long snapper? And basically we kind of stopped really running a fullback under Coach Chaney, we did we did a lot of two back stuff, but nothing uh that really required a fullback. So I was like, Coach, we don't it's not it's we don't play enough to for me to go through practice at fullback. So I uh ultimately moved to Long Snapper full time and uh it worked out pretty good. Here we are, you know, five years later, still still long snapping. So
1: No kidding, and of course, you know, you were you were on the snap of the 66 yarder, which we'll get to in a little bit. I mean, you got your hands in history there, which is pretty freaking awesome. But, um, when did the baseball dream die? And we, we talked about this a couple of years ago, but just to refresh (laughs) folks, um, you know, what, at at how, what, what point
2: did that kind of, uh, get thrown away?
0: Yeah. Um, and I wasn't in on this conversation. I don't know where baseball fits in here.
2: Yeah. So baseball was the dream as a kid. I always wanted to play in the big leagues. Um, I got uh, I was committed to Kennesaw State, which is a baseball school outside of Atlanta at um, a high school. And then I got drafted by the Boston Red Sox in uh, 2011 uh, in the 30th round and ultimately decided that I was going to pursue the, my professional baseball career instead of go to college. And I played there from 2011 to April, or sorry, April of 2015. And I got cut right at the end of spring training uh, in 2015. And then I ultimately decided at that point that my baseball career had run its course. I I was mentally, physically, emotionally fatigued and burnt out uh, from the game. So rather than continue, like trying to continue my career there, I just ultimately decided that day that I was no longer going to pursue baseball in any way, shape or form. And uh, it wasn't two weeks later I decided to walk on to Georgia. So... It happened fast, but it, it kind of in, in twenty fifteen, everything kind of changed.
0: You're you're kind of reminding me a little bit of Nick Boyle, right? <laughs> he just he just turned out for the Steelers. Was it for a long snapper? Yeah,
2: yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. So Nick is Nick is a, a actually a really good. Um, he's a really talented long snapper. He had been uh, he had been the position player backup for basically the whole time he was in Baltimore, um, and he was I I was telling him. You know, if you don't want to play tight end anymore, dude, which I think he ultimately decided tight end he didn't no longer want to try that. Um, but I just was like, Hey man, if you get a chance to play long snapper, you're good enough to do it at this level. You know, I worked we, we worked we snapped together this offseason, um, and then he got the opportunity to go to Pittsburgh. Did really well in minicamp, unfortunately didn't get signed. But um you know, I, I think if some team gives them an opportunity, I, I think they can get a really good long snapper and football player uh, out of Nick Boyle. So hopefully so the, I'm rooting for You're the for person
0: him. behind him doing that then. I, didn't, I did not uh, I not know that. You're like the little birdie in his ear?
2: I, I definitely <laughs> talk, I definitely talked in between me and his wife. Uh, I definitely talked him into it this year. There had been guys, you know, Morgan Cox uh, worked with Nick for, for, you know, they were together for six years. Um, and then Sam Cook obviously helped Nick along the way as well. So i definitely take the credit for forcing him to do the tryout but the long snapping he learned well before me i was just here to catch some balls for him and and help him get ready for minicamp
1: you know the deal of being a long snapper right like if 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 you're doing your job you're not going to be mentioned for for the most part right and it takes a humble person as you can tell here sarah we have a humble guy on our hands here but but i gotta wonder mechanically (laughs) You know, since it's not talked about, since most fans know the kicker, right? They don't necessarily know the long snapper. They don't necessarily know the placeholder. What What does it take to be a good long snapper?
2: You know, it takes uh, – I think the biggest thing is you've got to have, like, the right mentality. Long snapping is, is a very unique position in the sense that we don't play, but probably, like, seven, eight plays a game, if I had to guess, on average. And – know there's a lot of downtime um a lot of high pressure situations so definitely if you know it's it's not it's not physically hard by any means but mentally you know it's definitely one of the more challenging positions just because like you said most people only know the kicker until we make a mistake and then we are on every espn sports center not top 10 you could imagine so definitely you know definitely mentality goes into it a lot but then there's I mean, technique wise, I could dive into all kinds of stuff, but ultimately you got to be able to deliver a, a, a strike if you will um, consistently all the time, regardless of, you know, season, weather, uh, you know, temperature outside situation in the game, you know, pressure whatever, you got to be able to perform 100% accuracy all the time. So it's definitely, in, you know, like I said, it's it's not the most physically demanding position, but it is very challenging mentally. So,
0: well, and then on top of like having to deliver that strike, were you a pitcher in baseball?
2: I
1: was a third was that, baseman. Yeah, third oh, that's and first my base. son. Okay. Yeah. That's oh, he's, yeah. He's yeah. Oh, that makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, but after you do that, like you have to deal with like the Calais Campbells of the world. And yeah. make sure they're not getting up, and so it's like you do—you have to be like this big body that can block, but also deliver that strike. I, like I, it, it takes—I think—a unique talent to do both those things.
2: Yes, I, I agree. It's we we end up blocking guys that are rather large, and and usually they're they're bigger, stronger, and faster than we are, um, just because the nature of our job isn't—you don't have to be the most athletic guy on the team. Uh, And usually a a lot of us are guys who played other positions that kind of did what I did where they found their niche. If they wanted to get on the field, this is probably their best avenue. Like I was really like talented football player, but I wasn't quite fast enough to play defense and I wasn't quite big enough or strong enough to be like a tight end or, or have the right mentality to play a fullback position. So, you know, moving to long snapper was the right thing for me and, and ultimately put me where I'm at right now um but no I I definitely agree it's it's a lot it's it's pretty challenging you know during the games when they rush and and do that stuff it definitely makes it uh, a little bit difficult so it is what it is the vault is sponsored by Oakley express your style
1: and build a look that's made for you and I know for me I've been rocking the prism black polarized lenses this summer and I'm loving them so far Oakley's changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run? Do you golf? Maybe you train, or perhaps you just want to look like Lamar Action Jackson? If any of the above is true, you got to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, really. It's an expression of your personality. There's more than meets the eye. And here on The Vault, we're all about look good, feel good, perform good. And that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. And hey, since it's officially summer, you may want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. So go visit oakley.com to find yourself a pair today. Oakley offers Prism Lens technology, which is a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye, but don't just trust Sarah and I. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can confidently say that Oakley's not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. So head on over to Oakley.com for more information today.
0: So you would like, I, I've i been there when you were talking about baseball, when you're mentally done, you're just done. And sometimes you just mm-hmm. can't even explain it. You're just done with football, with you moving around so much from, from linebacker to fullback to long snapper, what is keeping the the hunger and the drive alive for football where, where it just kind of died for baseball?
2: I think the biggest thing with baseball was like, I I played a lot of baseball and, you know, I was only in the minors for four and a half years. Um, but as far as like, we, I mean, we're playing every day, whether it's spring training, extended spring training, you're in season in the minors. I mean, you're playing upwards of 150 to 160 games a year. And I was fortunate enough to be around guys like Mookie Betts was my roommate. And I, I always say this because – he at the time, him and I were super close in baseball. We got drafted together at high school. Um, I was around a guy like that who obviously is is one of the best baseball players today. Um, and you know, being around a guy like him every day, you kind of realize like, hey, man, I'm I'm really I'm pretty good at baseball, but this guy's just on a different level. And you know, by the end of it, I was just like, man, there's no. I could probably dabble around in the minors for 10 years if I wanted to, you know, just going back and forth between different organizations, never really getting a chance to get to the big leagues. And so instead of doing that, I just felt like I had more to offer. Uh, so I decided to go different, you know, to cut baseball out altogether. Um, but with football, I never really played enough in college to like really think like, okay, maybe I cannot do this. And then <laughs> When I moved to long snapper, I, I was like, man, I'm, like, I'm pretty good at this compared to everybody else I'm watching and the guys that I played with in college. Um, and then I played my senior year, and I played well. And then I think going to the Saints and you know not performing quite as well as I would have hoped in the preseason really kind of pushed me over the edge to the fact that like I can do this at this level. I just need a guy or someone to help kind of hone in on my skills a little bit and help kind of mold me into a, uh, I guess, mold me into an NFL long snapper. And I was fortunate. I found that in Morgan Cox here in Baltimore that he, um, he is the guy that I give the most credit to for really working with me and really helping me learn the position learn the ins and outs of the actual job and how to perform successfully, you know, all the time and uh, ultimately made me the long snapper that I am today. And I still work with Morg all the time. So very thankful for that. But I think, you know, I, there was never, I never counted myself out at long snapping baseball. I definitely counted myself out, you know, after five years of, of striking out and uh, not doing well, not having a very good batting average. You learn quickly that it's time to to hang it up. Tell you what too, like
1: having grown up in a town that has minor league baseball, uh the Tri- tri-city valley cats up in troy it's the astros Play farm there. system
2: plenty of times yeah you, plenty of times. yeah
1: joe bruno joe bruno stadium yeah. kind of a cool little spot there uh yeah. on the hudson river i grew up on the other side of town in albany uh in the suburbs of albany but um yeah having having covered some baseball some called some minor league baseball that's a tough life dude kind of what you're getting at right like you're living out yeah, of a, of a suitcase you know, like I know you, you know, you, you want to, you have a family, you always wanted a family. And so that can be hard. I mean, you're, you're, you're rotating around, you're on call. I mean, you're, you're flipping from, um, you know, double A AA to triple A. I mean, you name it, maybe up and down from the big leagues. Like some people are here in Baltimore. I mean, there's been a ton of call-ups recently. So anyway, uh, I, I could see why maybe the stability consistency of something that's a little bit more regular uh, would be appealing to you as a, as a family guy. But uh, uh, something I was thinking about a minute ago and you just mentioned Morgan and it made me think about it again is, is the system that Justin's referenced so many times throughout his career. And we know he's, he's such a fine tuned, detail oriented guy, but whenever somebody asks him about his greatness, he says, it's the system. I'm a product of the system. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but I, I'm sure this is like mm-hmm. been drilled into yeah. you over the last couple of years. So what is the system and, and how do you see your role best fit in that in Justin's system?
2: Well, J- Justin always says he's a system kicker. Uh, he, he he's being modest. He's the best kicker in the NFL. The system helps him be, you know, helps him be successful. But I don't think he, he would do just fine if he didn't have the system, as he calls it. But um, you know, we kind of have um, we kind of have a standard as as what we do. Like when a, a lot of there's a lot of arbitrary stuff when it comes to my job as far as how you rate. A successful snap hold and kick obviously the kick is is black or white you either make the kick or you miss the kick but then when you when you look at the snap you could be like oh you know it was close you know it didn't have to turn the laces a whole lot so there's a lot of gray area in the snap and the hold and and for us we kind of eliminate that gray area and we're we say you know in order to have a successful rep it's got to be perfect snap right over the spot 12 o'clock laces or, or laces pointed to the field, the uprights um, holders got to catch it. He's got to put the ball down in a certain amount of time. The ball has to be on the spot that Justin picks and the late heat, the holder has to make sure the ball has got the right lean and tilt forward. And the laces have to be pointed to the uprights and Tucker has to have a, you know, put his plant foot down and, and obviously make the kick. And for us, I think that is why there's been a lot of success over the last decade or so between Sam Cook and Morgan Cox and, and even even as far back as, uh, you know, guys before Tuck with Stover and Billy Cundiff and, and Matt Catula before Morgan. I think the standard has always been the same here. You know, there's there's not a lot of gray area, and it makes it challenging at times, but I think we know – that is the reason that we've had so much success here in Baltimore with our special teams unit is because of that we have such a high standard for every rep. There is no, oh, that was close enough. You know, it's it's either it was perfect or it was not good. And yeah. we yeah. we basically work to perfection, um, even when we're going at each other's throats. I think uh, I think we all know deep down that this is what separates us from the rest of the league, if you will, and it, it kind of puts us ahead of everyone and, and gives coach and our teammates the confidence in us that, hey, when, you know, the game's on the line in, in Jacksonville, for instance, you know, we didn't make the sixty-seven yarder, but we're the only team that's trying that kick. And I think a lot of that is a testament to, to Justin being as good as he is, but also the system um, helps and it, and it works towards that. And that's, I think, why... Coach Harbaugh has so much confidence in us going out, making game winning field goals in the rain, you know, NFL record distances, you know, whatever the the situation may call for, uh, they can call on us and and we're gonna execute it to perfection.
0: What's the longest in practice? We know the sixty-six yarder <laughs> was the best in in league history. What is the best in practice that the system got down? What's the longest you guys I've, have been successful from?
2: I've seen with a snap, hold, and kick, I've seen, uh, I want to say we hit a 75-yarder in Denver in 2021 in, in, in pregame warm-ups. <laughs> but I, I've seen further. I mean, Justin on the sticks and stuff, Justin, he kicks the ball a long way. So, I uh, I know every day we we kick a 70-yard field goal. So, I can tell you that. Well, most every day. It depends on the, the weather and, and all that stuff. But. There's certain kicks you don't try if, if the weather's bad or if it's cold outside, but perfect weather conditions, you know, 75 and sunny, slight breeze. We're kicking minimum 70-yard field goal every day.
0: Is that on air or is that against the defensive line?
2: Uh, it's Usually it's on air when it's just us working. The furthest I've ever seen him attempt and make successfully with a full operation and a full team is 70 yards. That was wow. last. That, yeah, that was like dirt. That was like during a, a practice rep, if you will. I've seen a, we've kicked a 70-yarder. Kick
0: Let's move into the game of Detroit. What's going on in your mind? Did you expect John Harbaugh to call on you? What's going through your mind? Like, take us through that whole historic moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a lot of emotions in that in that situation for me. Um, it, it was my fourth NFL game, uh, playing alongside Sam Cook, who's in his 400th probably. And then Justin, who is in his, you know, he's been playing for 10 years at this point. This um, is
0: your fourth game. Fourth yeah, his my, yeah, this
2: is my fourth game ever in the NFL. So.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. A
2: lot of emotions going on. Um, I, uh, for me, you know, Justin, I think one of the things that Justin does really, really well, and, and I, is, is kind of, and that, and that helps him be successful in, in these late game situations is if, no matter what the score is when the fourth quarter starts and it's corny as it is because know yeah, Justin he's a funny guy he every game when the fourth quarter starts he looks at us and he's like all right men, prepare for glory like we could <laughs> like we like could be Justin up line. <laughs> oh yeah I mean we we did it last year against Miami and we ultimately we we ended up losing to Miami but we're winning the, 20, what was it, 35 to 7 at the time, I think, or, or 28 to 7, whatever it was. And he says it. And then sure enough, we kick a get, go ahead field goal with like 40 seconds left in the game. Or, or it was later in the fourth quarter. I can't remember exactly how long it was. So he does a really good job of that, of, of making sure that we're always staying locked in because the NFL is a crazy game. And we know if you've watched any football in the last couple of years, nine out of 10 times a game comes down to a field goal. So Tuck does a really good job for that. So we're in Detroit. You know, we hadn't played our best game from a special team standpoint. We missed the field goal early in the game. Um, And, you know, Tuck does this thing, you know, prepare for glory in the beginning of the fourth quarter. And then we get into those situations like we thrive on we want that. Like we want the ball at the end. Like Tuck, he wants to be the guy to – get you know have an opportunity to make a field goal to win the game for his team and it's not because he wants to be the guy in the in the limelight if you will he yeah. like we that's where I don't we don't make our money there but like that's where we thrive in those moments. So we want to be out there and, and we want to win the game for the team. So yeah. that situation comes up we get the ball it's fourth and 20 or fourth and 25 and and everyone in the stadium you know, you're getting counted out. Everyone on ESPN, they're like, game's over, you know, whatever. We're sitting there like, Tuck's like, all right, boys, all we need, we're going to throw a ball here, going to get a first down, and we're going to kick a field goal. And sure enough, you know, Lamar hits Sammy Watkins on the, uh, on the left side of the sideline and gets a first down. We get one more rep at it, uh, throws it out, out of bounds. And then for me, it was my first NFL game-winning field goal. So okay. I am, I am uh, focused on that only. And I'm like, Oh my my God, I got to have a great snap. This, you know, if we make it, this, this is going to be like, you know, this is it. We're going to win the game right here. It wasn't until we got out there. uh, We broke the huddle and I line up over the ball that I realized that, Hey, I'm I'm standing in the logo. Like I'm in the logo. That never (laughs) happens. (laughs) Normally Justin, he stands in the logo. Um, So I'm looking down at my feet and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, I am far at, away. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I am at midfield. Oh God. Yeah. So, um, but then I, I, you know, only focusing on Sam cook and watching him and his body and watching his hand. And all I'm trying to do is deliver a good snap, making his job super easy. And then he'll make Justin's job super easy. And fortunately for all of us, everything, I don't think could have gone any better. Um, everything was perfect. And Tuck hit it, and I knew, you know, by the sound of it, I was like, we're going to have a chance here. And then I started celebrating, or the ball was like halfway, so I was pretty confident that we had a chance. I, like I said, I've seen him make that kick before. So, um, saw it hit off the, uh, hit off the uh, crossbar, and then our, our equipment guy, or our, our ball shagger for the special team, Avon, and i saw him underneath the goal he's like oh he like starts going crazy so i i assume the bounce went our way obviously obviously it did bounce towards the net so bill goal was good and uh there we are the rest is history i guess
0: mick have you ever seen the um the call from it's a detroit broadcast for westwood one we should have brought this on bobby we should have had it ready for him but the guys are hilarious because obviously they're they it It's a broadcast. It's pro Detroit. They're not trying to hide yeah. that. And yeah. when you when they line up, he's like, shut up, Justin Tucker. Shut up. Get out of here. 66 <laughs> yards. You're not making this. And so then you watch their faces as like the ball goes up. We can't you can't see what's going on the field, but they see it doink and they start celebrating. They're like, he missed it. He missed it. And then like, They're like, oh no, it goes in, and like the guy like rips off his headphones, throws it down. It is one of my favorite reaction videos to that. You guys just ruined the Lions' day, but they're used to it, so they get over it.
2: (laughs) I have not seen that clip. I'll have to find it. I've seen a lot of versions of that play. I've never seen that one.
1: When we finish up, I will get the link and and send it to you because it's it's a good one, and I think it'll you can add it to the archives of of good content to have come from from that day in Detroit. But um. Nick, how would you describe the the importance of of Sam Cook remaining on board? You know, they brought him in as a special teams consultant after he retired, and no, he's been super, um, you know, engaged and interactive with his family. That was one of his, you know, the big factors in his decision. Um, but what's you know just the importance of having him around still?
2: Hold on, uh, sorry, say that again. I, I bugged out there for just a second.
1: Just the, the you know the importance of having Sam around still, especially just for for the camaraderie, for the experience, but uh, you know especially for a young guy in, in Jordan's case too. Uh,
2: you know I think Sam Cook is an invaluable resource. Obviously, I I have the most respect for Sam. Uh, I made my debut with him. Uh, there's not another guy on the plane I would would have rather played with. Um, and and having a guy like Sam Cook who has kind of done it all he's been in the league you know he played 16 years in the league um having a guy like him around for a a young punter like Jordan who's still raw he's trying to figure out his technique he's trying to figure out his routine in the NFL and and just get comfortable being here in Baltimore it's really you know a kind of a game changer having a guy like that it it makes it easier for not only Jordan you know having being able to bounce ideas and work with Sam Cook every day it helps. You know, helps me out. Sam Sam can see stuff that I do that you know may, I can't see, and and he knows he's very knowledgeable about all three of of our jobs, including Tuck. So, Sam, like I said, he's an invaluable resource, and he is he's going to be a phenomenal coach for however long he wants to do it. And you know, I'm just glad he's still here and still able to uh, be around every day at work and and still help us be great, uh, as he would say. So, he's uh, he's awesome to have.
0: Nick, I need you to give us something good on, on Justin Tucker here. From It seems like whatever he tries, he's good at, right? So, obviously, the kicking yeah. thing, the opera thing. I think he even raps. I hear he's pretty good at yeah. golf. What is something he thinks, he's just terrible at?
2: He thinks he's good at golf. Um, oh. <laughs> Tuck, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. The only stuff I've done with him, he's been really good at. Kicking. He... He's working on his throwing his his quarterbacking ability. he's working on that um but uh but as far as golf goes I mean that's yeah that's it that's totally up for debate i I think I haven't beat in the golfing department uh that for sure on that one so he's pretty got a pretty good jump shot um there's not a whole lot you know it's really not a whole lot that I've ever seen him be bad at. So
0: Well, we just got off of we, an interview with Jeff Dreebeck, and he said you are good at golf. He's like, make sure you ask him about yeah. his golf
2: game. I, I'm getting better. I've, I, I have good days and bad days. I've, I've been really trying to work on my game, uh, you know, the last – I didn't pick it up till I was like 22, so right at the end of my baseball career. And, um, I, you know, my wife and I just had our first kid, so it's been a little bit harder this year. Uh, I, was, I was fortunate. I, I played some really, really top-notch golf courses this year. So I've been trying to to really get better at the game and, and learn the golf swing, if you will, and not just go out there and try to be an athlete. So I'm trying my best. To get, I get better every day. So we'll see.
1: I, I can – let me tell you, the, the on days and off days with the sport of golf is – the game of golf, I guess, is insane. The – Jonathan Ogden did his annual foundation tournament a couple of weeks back, and uh, and I was invited out to to play and also broadcast. So I played nine holes, and there was this big and and you know you're no stranger to performing in front of thousands, but yeah. I, I am a stranger to that. Okay, <laughs> and so we show up to the tenth hole, and and, and that was our first tee, and there's there are tents everywhere, and people are watching, and and so I get up there, and I'm the the last one to go in the group. The tenth hole at Wood Home. Have you played?
2: Yeah, yeah. We normally play in that tournament, but we had um, it was during practice this year, so we were unable to make it. But yes, I know yeah. the the short dog leg right. Yeah, there's two greens.
1: Yeah. What you don't know, because you probably never go that way, is that the parking lot's on the left hand side, and if you snap hook it as horrifically as I did off the tee, there's cars over there. there I, are so, cars. so so so. I literally snap did you hooked. Get a it car, Bobby? It was one of the worst snap hooks of my life. I was nervous as all hell. And then the best part was, and everything was fine. And luckily it was, it was just the best ball. Yeah. So I'm on the air later that day. And I bring on a guest who was in my group, Ryan Ripkin, And Ryan says, Hey, did you hear what everybody's talking about? I'm like, no, what? He goes, you hit Ozzy's Range Rover.
2: And, oh, and he said it dead oh
1: seriously. Hell. He he said it dead seriously to me, but he was kidding. <laughs>
2: oh, <Woo>. Hey,
1: <laughs> oh, I was That's I a- was shaking <laughs> in my boots, man.
2: Yeah, that would have Ozzy would have
1: made you sweat on that one. Oh, I would I was sweating just listening to it. I was sweating after the first after the ball made contact with the driver. I mean, you're not supposed to hit it that way. But um but Sarah, we got to remember who we're who we're dealing with here when it comes to like a jack of all trades. We now know that that Nick had a career in baseball. If he wanted to continue it, who knows what would have happened, right? He he decided to to pull up to Georgia and say, hey, what well, you know, sup, and then ended up walking onto the team, back-to-back national champions now. he was a linebacker a fullback he golfs now i mean justin's probably i don't know if he can hold a candle to your versatility uh
2: justin is uh way better at singing than me (laughs) and uh he can kick the ball way better than me but as far as everything else i i will say i I think i'm better i'm I'm biased because i am me so yeah but uh we'll leave it up for debate
0: Real quick before we let you go, um, being that you played at Georgia, Ravens obviously brought in Roquan, traded midseason, and then brought in Todd Munkin. Uh, We've seen what Roquan does, the difference he's make. What are the Ravens getting in Todd Munkin, do you feel like?
2: I, I, you know, I don't know a whole – I never – I didn't play for Coach Munkin at Georgia, so I don't know him too well. But what he was able to accomplish at Georgia – You know, granted, they have a lot of a lot of really talented players there. But taking a guy like Stetson Bennett, who I was on the scout team with in 2017, and I know Stet really well. um, And he's a phenomenal quarterback. And for Coach Munkin to be able to go in there and essentially go two for two with a team who hadn't won a national championship in 40 plus years and and went back to back and, you know, pretty I mean, the one against Alabama was, it was a really, really good game, but this past year, what they were able to put up, even with their third and fourth string guys was pretty remarkable. And I think, I think Coach Munkin's gonna bring a lot of uh, versatility to our offense and and be able to utilize some of the best playmakers in the NFL uh, that we have on our team here and and really kind of showcase Lamar and and showcase his talents and, and hopefully take us to lead us to the Super Bowl is is the ultimate goal. So I think we're all really excited here. Um, You know, it's going to be a very fun year. We have a really, really good offense and an extremely good defense. Um, So you know, I'm just hoping we kick a lot of extra points this year. Heck yeah.
1: Heck yeah. Well, we know that you're headed down to Nashville here shortly for some, some long snapping work. And we're just a few weeks out from training camp. So, you know, needless to say, Really appreciate your time carving out some for us and uh, hope to have you on again, Nick. Yeah,
2: man. Thank you guys so much, Bobby. Yeah,
1: appreciate it. Man. All right, Nick Moore. Yeah, thank you. Sarah. Ravens long snapper. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the 2023 season, brother, in the last few weeks of, of your offseason.
2: All right, guys. Y'all take care.